0: different this morning, we're going to uh, have Daniel, we prayed for Daniel, where'd he go, there he is, we prayed for him for the last month while he was in Honduras, so since we prayed and he, the Lord uh, returned him safely, uh, I was actually down at the airport last Tuesday and I thought, well I ought to call Ronnie and say I could pick him up, but I think Mama probably wanted to be there too. Well, so. I mean, that's the difference between being real and fake. That's <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wanted you to have the experience of seeing your son after a month, right? So well,
1: we experienced
0: it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was your traffic. Anyway, so we're going to get um, Daniel to share about his trip to Honduras for us this morning, and it's a blessing that, that he was able to go and, and serve. And then after he's done, we have a guest this morning, Ron, and I can't ever pronounce your last name, so... Brother Ron, he is a a missionary uh, at our state capitol, and uh, so he's going to share a little bit about his ministry with us this morning as well, and if um, if there's um, some time at the end of those two guys reporting to us, we will um, get into our study in in, uh, Colossians that we've been going through, so, um... all right, Daniel, if you want to. You want to clip, clip this on? Um, <clears throat> yeah. Maybe. You want me to do it? Or maybe your sure. dad wants to come up here <laughs> and do it. it seems...
2: Probably so. He might clip it on himself. Well,
0: i put it on backwards. All right, it'll still work. You hear me? Thanks. All
2: right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess, first of all, thanks for praying for me uh, that's, you know, what I need the most out of anybody here. Um, yeah. Um, but like, I guess before I was going to go to Honduras, I was planning on going to, I wanted to go to Peru because I've been there several times and, um, I was trying to go there, but they didn't really need me till they wanted me to come in the middle of February. And I was like, well, that's kind of getting late into my work, and I don't know if I could stay for like a month, and, you know, the middle of March. I want to stay for like a month. And so it didn't work out, so I was like, well, maybe I could look into Honduras, because I wanted to go somewhere. Um, and so I talked to Randy about going down there and emailed Carlos, which Carlos is over there today. The missionary from Honduras is here today. <laughs> Isn't that <for> random? <laughs> And uh, him and his family, and they, <laughs> I know, they, they came the same day I came back. Isn't that weird? Um, but they, I talked to him, and they, they you know, said, I, I said, is there any, you know, work, anything you need done for a month? And they said, yeah, we could use somebody um, to help out around the seminary. So I pursued it. So, and the Lord opened the door, and um, so what what I what I don't know if you guys know what's down in Honduras it's the seminary MEDA. they you know uh, teach pastors and um, and it's a pretty neat place I mean it's like 15 20 acres and it's uh, they have it's like a almost like a hotel rooms and dorm rooms hotel rooms and they have several about four missionaries that live on the property. Um, Several of the missionary families are from Honduras, and then like Carlos's family, and then there's another family which I'll talk about the uh, Pattersons. And there, he's the guy that I kind of really talked with or was under the whole time because he's head of the maintenance. And um, and because Carlos is just he's kind of the head of the seminary. I, he he doesn't really teach at the seminary. He he just kind of is the head of it. Um, but they also have like conferences like eight nine conferences throughout the year there where they invite all the families all over Central America and uh so so that's pretty and I guess that's where a lot of them hear about the seminary they'll come to hear the hear have somebody come speak at the conference and then they see the place and um and they come so <clears throat> so my role was more to just help around the, the seminary maintenance um I speak a good bit of Spanish so that was helpful cuz they have about 6 7 workers that are paid to do the maintenance around the cement. I mean they keep things up, you know, everything's you know, they keep it painted, keep the grass cut. They it's it's a it's a nice place just, you know, really a lot of flower. I mean it's just the tropical environment helps all that help makes it nice too. Um so I so when I was talking to Mark, which was the missionary, the head guy of the maintenance, you know, I was like, what you know, what exactly why are we doing? And so he's like, well, we have a lot of beds we need to build. So really, for flower beds, or sleeping beds. <laughs> sleeping beds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. About. Glad you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I did. I was building beds. I wish I had my picture i could show you the beds it was twin beds um but it was a lot of work i mean it was because we sanded and sanded with the different grades of sand and i pretty much was working on the beds and other guys were working on the other other everything else around the seminary um so i sanded and sanded and sanded and sanded (laughs) but actually there was a and then finally like two weeks into it we finally got to see our fruition you know we put the all everything together but then there was another group that came in um from Tennessee and they actually uh they knew they know some of the up there in Knoxville they know the other um churches up there that are was it what's the name of that Chris, Chris and Ryan. Greg what he was he, this guy went to the masters too and so he uh he started a church up there but they brought a group and they were putting the beds together too they I put 10 and then when they came, oh, actually eight. And then they put with the, I helped them. We put ten beds together. It just took a long time, and we, we you know, sanded everything. Um, well, then, um, but I was I guess the first week I was there, like it was rough. It was, oh, by the way, it was work. I didn't play. I worked down there. Um, and the first week, though, I just got there and uh, I, was, I had a little cold. But then, like when I got there, it just was like worse. I, I guess from not as much sleep and like, headaches, fever, I don't you name it. And uh, I was like, man, even stomach, you know, tore up. And I mean, I was <laughs> I remember the first week at the church there. Uh, I was like down in the bathroom, and I was like, man, this is awful. Here they are worshiping upstairs, and I'm down here. <laughs> like downstairs in the dungeon but like but it was I don't know it was just God gave me a piece and it's just like this is I mean uh it's just like wow this is this is little I mean this is not I mean it's just a little bit of you know hurt or whatever but compared to um serving him this is nothing this is great you know he gave me a joy about doing it about serving and being in the pain, like it wasn't bothersome. I was like, "Wow, this is cool. This is great," <clears throat> in one sense. <laughs> but it was. I mean, he, he helped me kind of see the big picture, and and it wasn't really a concern. It was a joy to be able to serve like that. Um. So that was like the first. So the first week and a half, too. I want to say the uh, missionary, the seminary students were there for the first two weeks. I was there because the seminary students come for two weeks. They take one class, and then they go home for five weeks, and then they come back for two weeks. And I guess I want to I guess talk about the seminary students, too. It was neat because I speak a little bit of Spanish, so I'm able to communicate with the guys. And it's really neat because here we got students from all over Central America, from Costa Rica, Nicaragua, uh, Guatemala, um, uh, and there was a guy from Peru. Would you believe that? From Peru. And I've been to Peru. This guy looked like crocodile Dundee. He had this big hat on. He was a tall guy, white. You know, I would never think this guy. I was just talking. Somebody had told me that there was a guy from Peru there. I just happened to be talking to the guy. And I was like, so where are you from? And he Peru. Peru? What? <laughs> but he actually was like, uh, preached in the jungle and, uh, you know, he would come fly every five weeks up to, you know, Honduras and then go back. And um, he was supported by a church in Lima. But he, you know, it was just really neat to get to know each of these guys. And there's about 50 students at the MEDA, the seminary. And I was able to, like, really get to know each one of them because I would go, oh, I would go eat breakfast and lunch and dinner with them. And then during, you know, in between times I was working. And then they play like volleyball and soccer in the evening. So I was able to really get to know the guys. And uh, it was just really cool to see where God had brought these guys from. And obviously every seminary, you know, everybody's saved. But it's just, I mean, one guy was in Canada and he got saved, you know, illegal. And he came back. Now he's at, he was from El Salvador now he's at the seminary. Um, one guy was a professional soccer player and he got saved and he's like, I couldn't play soccer anymore. I can't do that. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's one or the other down there, you know, that's your life or not. And and so he, you know, quit that. And I'm um, um, trying to think, just, it's just, it was really encouraging to see, to be able to hear their testimonies. And then like, After hearing that and then, like, you know, being sick and working down there, I was like, man, this is worth it, man. These guys are changing this Central America. These guys are, you know, good, getting good doctrine, good, because there's, you know, a lot of uh, false teaching, a lot of just erroneous and down there. So to see what they were getting, it was just like, man, that's, this is, this is what we need down here. This is, Um, so it was so encouraging, I could, um, um, so yeah, and, and, you know, the guys were just really encouraging to me, the seminary guys, but, um, what else I was going to say, I have a list here, but my phone came off. Um, oh yeah, and like some, sometimes, you know, oh, so then the seminary students left, and I was already thinking, oh boy, what am I going to do when they leave? Because you know? <laughs> I was hanging out with them all the time. And um, so they left. But there's also, like I said, seven workers at the seminary that would work around. And they were, I think, all but like one was maybe a believer or confessed. But you know, we would meet every morning at 7 o'clock and they just read through the Bible and so that was cool. We just spent some time reading. Um, I didn't have my Spanish Bible, but but the, so they would ask me to pray. <laughs> and I would pray in Spanish, but it was just like not easy. <laughs> I should have had my Spanish Bible. I'd, oh, I lost my Spanish Bible the first day I was there. I don't know, it disappeared. <laughs> uh, um, but um, so another thing that I guess the Lord showed me... Um, was to really minister to the families, too, because I guess I wasn't expecting that, but there's the Montoya's, which had two younger daughters, uh, about eight or maybe 10 and 12, and then the Patterson's, which I, each week, I when the seminary was done, I would eat with the, uh, the Montoya's one week, the first week, and then the Patterson's the second week. And so, but... The Pattersons had four boy, three boys and one girl, and so I was able to spend time with the kids. You know, at first they're like, they're like bugging me, but (laughs) but then I saw that they wanted the attention they needed, and you know, because they're in this compound, you know, and they don't really get out and go places, and so I was able to, you know, play. (laughs) Once I opened up, woo! (laughs) They wanted all the attention. So the first week it was with the girls, and you. Y'all meet some of them today. I don't know. Maybe you'll see them, the girls. But, but you know, I would. I don't know. Play soccer. Play hide and seek. That was their favorite thing. We'd play hide and seek at like you no know, nine at night because it's it's really kind of safe around the compound. So just you know, spending time with them. They, you know, the parents like that and kind of got them off their hairs and <laughs> out of their hairs. But no, but uh, just to be able to be in their lives and then the other. Parsons had three boys so I was able to they um they their ages were 16, 14 and 12. So we spent a lot of time playing with them the second week just getting to know them. Um and they you know they loved it. But just having somebody else there. Um so that was neat. The God kind of just showed me, you know, you know, not only are you here to serve the people but the missionaries cuz they need it, you know. They they it's encouraging when people come. And help out, and just be there to talk to other gringos. <laughs> um, and and oh yeah, so one of the big ministries too I was involved in down there too was the Pattersons. They do church planning in in, in the mountains. It's like two hours away. They get up in this you know four wheel drive vehicle and go way up. And similar to Remind me of Peru a lot, and the the Shaw's, that's what we did down there on the weekends, would go visit the villages. Well, this is what church they've been planning for like four years, and it's tough, because you know, he's like, we still don't call it a church, because people come and come, but they don't understand, they hear, they hear, and here's what he would do, like on Sundays, He would go there at like 9 in the morning. They'd get there at 9 in the morning. We'd leave at 7. I went three times, three weekends I went down there. We'd get there at 9. They would invite, um, they would have a little uh, children's church for all the kids at about 9.30ish. Well, then while the children were there, he and me and there's one or two other uh, Hondurans would go around visiting houses visiting the other member or other people that would come to the church so he had specific people they'd go visit and so they would you know i mean these are poor people these are really poor i mean they didn't have much and uh they all were like worked on the farm agriculture because it was way up there and so you know and some of them had a lot of them had physical problems and so they would actually help some of those people get them to doctors sometimes and so, you know, administer to the people um, in that way too. But he'd go around visiting. And so then after the Sunday school, there was all a, a children's church. They'd have, the wife did uh, uh, like a, a Sunday school for like teenage girls. So they would come. And then after we'd go around visiting, they'd have service at one o'clock. So we'd, you know, everybody would come at one. And, um, after visiting, But, you know, he would go, this missionary, he's just really patient. Mark, he would just go sit on the, because the people were really, really open. And they, like, didn't have anything else to do. Sunday, they don't work. They just, you know, chill out on their porches. And you are so high up there, and the view's just unbelievable. These porches are just, it's a beautiful country, beautiful country. So, but he would just go sit there and just talk with the believers and explain the gospel to them there for, like, An hour, you know, several houses. He might go like to two or three houses, and in the hour and a half or two hours of visiting, because he would just sit there. And because the one problem down there is the immorality, and like they don't get married; they just live together. And when they come to the church, you know, the missionary Mark would say, "Hey, you know, you guys got to get married. That's because you're living in sin, fornication." And he would sit there on the you know, sit there at their house and explain to this one couple that, you know, you're living in sin right now. And just sit there and tell them that at their house, you're living in sin. And, I mean, what do you think? Do you think, I mean, do you want to get married? Like, why not? So, you know, there's so much they're dealing with that, the with that, that I was involved in. And I, that was just such a neat ministry, though, because just seeing them planning this and being there and it was hard. It's a tough ministry. They just people would come and you know uh, they wouldn't really change or it would be such a slow change and And then you have this guy who recently just moved to the this town who had preached for four or five years and he wanted to start preaching, and the mission Mark you know sat down with him and was like, "You know, I want to get to know you before you preach. I can't just let you start preaching." Well then recently he it's actually this past week well, he wanted to hold like a Wednesday night service and Mark was like, No, I can't let you do that yet. I still gotta get to know you. Well, he went ahead and did one this past week and so Mark was just has been really frustrated. And um and so so he has that to deal with now and so um so it's just it's just a, a tough ministry um and this guy that was preaching like he's just his theology's not it's it's okay or he's just he's still learning what the guy's like but but there's just a lot of aspects that to deal with and um that you know I saw and it was good to see you know what these missionaries go through and um that um we can pray for them about, and um, uh, but I guess there's one other thing. I, there's a guy that I had met down there, uh, a pastor, and we were just talking, and he was like, "Oh, I have family in Georgia." I was like, "Oh yeah." He's like my brother-in-law, and I was like, "Where?" He said, "It's Atlanta," or he said Marietta. I was like, "Really, Marietta? It's like where I live. Well then he's like, well, maybe you guys can connect, because he just recently got saved, and uh, he he doesn't, I don't know a church for them to go to, and he seems like he wants to grow, he's a baby Christian, and he took my information, this was like three weeks ago, and he took my information and gave me his number, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'll try to connect with him when I get back, and I didn't know if I'd remember because I still had, you know, two or three weeks to go and I didn't know how serious the guy was. Well, the day before I left, he came looking for me because he lived in the area, but he was at, he was, he's in the seminary. He came looking for me and he gave me his information and uh, some stuff to give him. And so we're actually meeting up today, this afternoon. So hopefully I can, you know, encourage him and Hopefully, maybe he'll come to the Spanish Church here. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But you can pray for the, this guy. It's um, Noah, Noah, Noah. Noe. Noe. Um, N-O-E. He seems to speak good English, so I don't know when I talked to him. So, um, but yeah, I, I guess that's that's probably the mainly the last thing. Uh, but it was just really good to see. Uh, it's always good to see brothers and sisters and. The other parts of the world. It's always encouragement and seeing the need of the gospel. And um, just uh, pray, thank the Lord for the opportunity and for those who prayed for me. And um, I guess that's really it. All right. thank
0: you. Thank you. <clears throat> we'll get Brother Ron here in a second to tell us about his ministry um, that's kind of a missionary report day but one thing that struck me when Daniel was talking and we'll get into this next week when we uh, get back into our lesson in in Colossians is um, you know it caught me when he was talking about the ministering in those villages and that the missionaries had patience mm-hmm. and uh, boy why don't Why don't we, uh, me, okay, I'll just make it real personal here. Maybe you all too, but, you know, do you struggle sometimes? I do with, you know, why aren't you growing the way that I want you to grow at the speed that I want you to grow, right? In the ministry that I've been in the last 14 years, you know, I have guys living with us for six months and it's like, you know, and reflect back of the first six months of you hearing the gospel, you know. Were you, you know, John MacArthur at the end of six months? (laughs) Probably not, you know. But interestingly, and like I said, we'll get into this next week, in light of of that being patient in um, Colossians 1 that we've been studying um, at the, um, give me a second to find it, Um, we've been looking at Paul's prayer uh, he, he's reporting to Epaphras of the uh, the nature of his prayers that, that he's been praying for them. And he says, uh, uh, yeah, verse 9, verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, may you be strengthened with all power to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And those words, uh, the, the word endurance there that Paul uses deals with circumstances. You know, Paul's praying that they would be able that they would be able to endure in the circumstances that they're in. Well, think of the missionaries and what they're enduring with. You know, they want to go up and I would want to go up into the hills there into the village and you know, want everybody to be saved like that and it, you know, God yes can do that, but perhaps he cho- chooses to work in and through us to make us Endure through those circumstances. Then the word patience there actually deals with dealing with or has to do with dealing with people. All right, being patient with people, and that struck me when I was studying that. Took me back and 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 um, I'll go over in more detail next week when we when we go into depth on this. But when I first started getting involved in dealing with with addiction. Uh, Not personally, I was done with it in my life, but with people struggling with addictions. um, The guy that I was working with in the inner city of Atlanta gave me a warning. He said, Tim, if you, another word for patience here is long-suffering, steadfastness, depending on your translation. But he told me, he said, Tim, if you are not willing to be extremely long-suffering, then do not work with people that are struggling with this sin. But I think I could take that a step further today and say, you know, working with people, period, you know. And so as we pray for the missionaries, the Pattersons and the Montoyas in Honduras, you know, this is a great prayer to pray for them, that, that, they, that God would gift them in their endurance and their patience. But they, it seems like they're already walking that out beautifully so we need to pray that for ourselves as well, right? As we're dealing with people, we have to be patient. And, 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 you know, once we come to the realization that we know that it's God that's doing that work and not us, then that makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Um, not that we're copping out on our responsibility. Why God chose to use man is beyond me. That, that's a mystery. You know, the gospel's a mystery, uh, of course, you know, that's revealed to us in the New Testament. But the fact that God would choose to use us To do anything is a mystery to me. But it's also a great privilege once we understand that. And once we understand the calling that he's given us to be those instruments that he has chosen to use, then we need to take that seriously, don't we? And what a great responsibility it is to know that. So um, we're going to get Brother Ron to share with us. Uh, Ron is with a ministry called Capital Commission. And I'll just leave it at that, and let him tell you more about that. He gets to work with the people that we vote for.
1: Hopefully, we vote for the, the right ones. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. You can clip that if you want. Okay. Well, thank you, Tim, for the opportunity to share Capital Commission, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak also and share the ministry. So I, I serve as the Georgia State Minister for for Capital Commission. Capital Commission, it's a it's a national ministry. We have. Headquarters in, in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and we have full-time pastor missionaries in 26 states. And so the goal is that we would have somebody in all the, all the 50 states. Uh, we've expanded even to Latin America and started working uh, there also in, in the government there. The, uh, the easiest way to explain uh, Capital Commission is that we, are, uh, we, we exist to provide a pastoral presence uh, amongst those who serve in civil government. And we work in partnership with local churches to be able to do that. Churches like Faith Faith Community to be able to to do that. And you talk about talk about patience. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been eight years that I've been serving with with Capital Commission. And uh, when I first started serving with Capital Commission, I had uh, a <clears throat> hundred of these printed Bible studies that I would have, and uh, and I would I would go and I would deliver them to key people in the in the state house and get to know individuals that way. And and then from there. Uh, the relationships grew and developed amongst those those few and then others said, "Well, hey, I would like a copy of that Bible study too." And so now it comes that we have 500 Bible studies printed every week of the legislative session, which is which is right now. And they're 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 glossy, they're 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 nice. You can see uh, we have sponsors and there's Faith Community Church uh it was our sponsor for for this week. And uh, this is the the Bible studies are really this this is like my my gospel track. This is what gets me into the legislative offices. Uh, Just last week, I was delivering the printed Bible study to a high-ranking government official, and uh, he wasn't in his office, but the the, the staff know me enough now that they let me uh, place a a copy on the legislator's desk, and and that's just a a great opportunity that if they're in there, I can ask them about the Bible study. I can ask them if they need any, any kind of prayer in their lives or just to give them pastoral care, pastoral attention. And so with this official... Uh, I was in his office and he came in right beside me and closed the door and says, I want to talk. And, uh, and he just wanted to talk about kind of superficial things initially, but then as I uh, was able to um, direct it to spiritual matters, I shared the gospel with him. And uh, he didn't at that point commit to Christ, but as we, were, as we were leaving, he said, let's continue this conversation and let's do it soon. So obviously God is working in His life, and that's that's what Capital Commission seeks to do. Is we just we want to be there to provide a pastoral presence, pastoral care to our elected officials. There is nobody that does the work of Capital Commission. Uh, there are a lot of <clears throat> individuals that come up there from from churches, a lot of pastors that come up, but they all have an agenda. Uh, they all want certain legislation to be done or, or others to be rejected, and you know, I encourage you to vote. I encourage you to get involved in legislative issues, understand what the bills are. But for me, I can't get involved. I can't get involved politically. Nobody knows what party uh, I belong to. <clears throat> and that's because we're, we're there to serve the entire uh, capital community. But let me ask you this, because I'm sure how many of you have heard of capital commission prior to this morning? Okay, great. Well, that's wonderful. Fantastic. A good, good number. Well, um, have you ever thought, does God care about politicians? I mean, John 3.16, we know it well, right? For God so loved the whole world. And who's the world? It's, it's you and me, but doesn't that include politicians? So God loves politicians. I love politicians. I love them. I really do because they're, they're just people. They're people like you and me. You know, you ask the quote, like Tim says, you know, why, why does God use us? Why does he use human beings to, to serve with all this responsibility? It's just what he does, and it, it is a mystery. It is a mystery, but I can tell you this, that politicians, they have hearts, just like you and I do. Uh, they have <clears throat> struggles. They have, they have victories, and uh, they do foolish things, uh, just like you and I do. And so they, they need somebody to come along beside them and, and to be able to help them and direct them uh, to, the, to the wisdom of God's Word. <clears throat> so the goal of the ministry is it's, uh, to provide that pastoral presence and just like a, like a pastor of faith community would do, is what's the primary work of a, of a pastor, according to Scripture? It's to equip the saints uh, for the work of ministry. And so that's what that's what I do in our Georgia General Assembly is to equip those who are called to leadership, come along beside them and, and provide them the Bible studies, give them my, my care, uh, my personal attention for them, and then there's a lot that just don't believe. And uh, some are more uh, bold in expressing that belief, unbelief, than, than others. And so we want to be able to sit down with them and, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. I can't count the number of times that legislators will tell me nobody speaks to us like you do. Uh, again, everybody is there for an agenda at the State House except for Capitol Commission. We're, we're there for the soul of the leader. And we truly believe that it's, it's how do you change a nation? It's it's changing one heart at a time, and that's how you see the nation changed. But I just want you to think with me for a moment. Think throughout all of Scripture. Think think throughout Scripture and and there there's there's always from Old Testament to New Testament been an emphasis upon reaching political individuals with the gospel and with the wisdom of God's word. Where does it start? Book of Genesis. Anything of an example there? Joseph. Joseph and and, and he is is there. Uh, to, to give witness to the Egyptian government. Uh, you, you look at uh, Daniel. Daniel's an example. What kind of governments did he influence? You talk about patience. He was very patient and waiting for the opportunity to, uh, to arise. He did things in a, in a respectful manner. You know, he didn't boycott Nebuchadnezzar's office. You know, he didn't hold up signs. He didn't send, you know, nasty messages. He, he was patient. And then eventually the pagan came to him and said, there, there's something different about you. What is that? Tell me about your God. So Daniel was able to influence his government. We know uh, Jonah being sent to the Assyrian government. But what about the, the New Testament? Of all the cities that the Apostle Paul could have, could have visited, which one, why did he choose the, the ones that he did go to? You know why? 17 of the 19 cities he visited. 17 of the 19 cities, they were capital cities. The only exception was Derby and Lystra because of persecution. So he had to flee for persecution. So so even the exception proves the rule. Paul went to capital cities. Why did did he do that? Acts chapter 9, verse 15. And God tells Paul, he says, you're going to give testimony of me before who? Before Jews, before Gentiles, and before kings. But we don't have kings in America. We have senators. We have representatives. We have a president, vice president. We have congressmen, congresswomen. And so Right there, God, God tells Paul, that's going to be one of the people groups that you reach is, is political types. You know, very often when, when Paul was, was being persecuted by the religious individuals, it was the political leaders that were actually protecting him to do the work of ministry. That really changes, that should change our approach because a lot of times when a politician hears from the church, it's usually why. Usually it's because we're angry at them and we want to express our frustration you don't see that approach in Scripture. You know, they're there building the relationship. And then, and then you get these opportunities to say, hey, you know, we know, we, we can trust you. We, we know you, you at Faith Community Church you are praying for us. You, you care for us. We're struggling with this legislative issue right now. We know that we can come to you and you can provide us some, some help. That's the kind of relationship that the church is to have with political types. So the, uh, the Apostle Paul, you can see it all throughout his ministry of engaging political individuals with the gospel, with the word of God. Do you know why he changed his name from Saul to Paul? His first recorded convert was a governor, Sergius Paulus. You get the last name, Paulus? So here is Acts chapter 9, verse 15. God telling Paul, you're going to give testimony of me before Jews, Gentiles, and kings, and now his first recorded convert in Scripture. Maybe there was another one, but we we don't know. His first recorded convert was Sergius Paulus. And so from that point, he stopped calling himself Saul, and he starts referring himself as Paul. I think as, as a way to remind himself, hey, this is really occurring. This is really happening. God has really commissioned me to do this, and, and now I'm seeing it happen. You know, you, you think of uh, you know, Philippians, the book of Philippians that uh, Paul um, was told by God that he would give testimony before Caesar, and, and he writes Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, and he says, greet those of the praetorian guard. Well, not quite Caesar, but you're, but you're getting closer. And then he closes Philippians chapter 4, and he says, Greet those who are of Caesar's household. So he's getting closer and closer. But now he writes 1 Timothy, near the end of his ministry, near the end of his life. And he says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he says, As a matter of first priority, I want you to pray. I want you to pray, how? Evangelistically, first and foremost, for those in positions of authority. Why? Because God desires the salvation of all people, including our legislators, including politicians. But, but here is, here's Paul, he, he, he sees the sovereignty of God. He knows that if God has said he's going to give testimony before Caesar, then, then that's going to occur. He trusts God's sovereignty and that's why he's doing what he's doing. That's why I do what I do with capital commission. I trust the sovereignty of God. I, I trust that his word will not return void. And so that's why I, I continue uh, doing it. But there's still, Paul recognizes that yes, God is sovereign, yet that doesn't mean that the church is, is disengaged. The church has to be involved for this to occur. I mean, that's, you know, God is sovereign, but yet he uses us. You know, p- prayer is one of those other mysteries. I don't understand how prayer works. It's, it's not changing God. God's not, we're, not, we're not praying to God and he's saying, boy, that's a, that's a good idea. I never thought of that. I'll go ahead and alter my plans that I've had from the foundation of the world. He's not doing that. Prayer does not change God. He's... But it changes us. It changes us. And, and so there is Paul telling the church, as a matter of first priority, pray for those in positions of authority. I mean, that, that's a biblical command. If you're not praying regularly for your legislators, you're, you're disobeying a portion of Scripture. We have, a, we have a website that you can use. It's called pray, Pray1Tim2.org. So just pray one 2org and you can get daily, you can get weekly emails. It'll have a senator, it'll have a, it'll have a congressman, and then it'll have uh, two senators, and then it'll have about five representatives. At the first of the month, it'll have all the executive office, so our president, vice president, our governor, governor deal, and then at the end of the month, it'll have all the Supreme Court justices. But you can just use that daily. Use it daily, use it, use it weekly. There's, a, there's links to Facebook pages, so you can send a note and say, uh, I don't want anything from you. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And you'll be surprised how many will respond and say, thank you so much for doing that. And that's, that's the relationship we want to have as the church, is that these legislators, with all the responsibility that they have, they're continually seeking us out, knowing, hey, these people really care about me. They really do love me. They see me as a person. That's how you change government. That's, that's how we change our, our nation. And, uh, and so all throughout uh, Scripture, from Old Testament to New Testament, you, you can see this emphasis upon reaching political leaders, reaching political types with the, with the gospel. Uh, but again, I can't do what I do without local church, uh, local churches you know, partnering with us. You know, Paul also, he, he, he praises the Philippians church. He says he praises them for, for their partnership together in the gospel. And then he says, towards the end of the, the letter, he says, and I rejoice for the credit to your account. He you know, has the wonderful joy of, of partnering together. You know, we, we we partner together, and we all reap the eternal reward because that's the that's the body metaphor that we just that I just love so much from Scripture. We 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 need each other, and so I do. I, I need you. I need you praying. What Scripture says? Praying one Timothy chapter two, and praying for for the for the Bible study. If you'd like to get a copy, there's there's some extra, and you can see actually what the uh, what the legislators are um, receiving. You get an idea of the kind of Bible studies they're they're in depth. We're studying right now. We're studying through Ecclesiastes which has been a, a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> study to study, study that book uh, for me personally and then also for, for our legislators. But let me, let me do this with the time that we have remaining, uh, which we don't have much, do we? Just a few minutes. Yeah, uh, 5.10. Five, five, 10. Do, do any of you have any questions about capital Commission or about reaching government officials, praying for them? There's one
0: of y'all per
1: state? 26 states right now. Okay. 26 states, and, and the goal is to have somebody in all 50 states. So if you um, if you go to our website, there's a there's a state map and it, and it shows you all the different states where we are. And if you know somebody in a state where we're not represented, we would you know put us in contact. We would we would love to be in all 50 states. We just added uh, uh, which we just added Kentucky and in uh, Wisconsin, and uh, we're we're really well represented on the East Coast. It's it's we need to get up north <laughs> and uh, into the west. And so that's where we need, we need new state ministers. But that's the goal is to be in all, all 50 states. Do you have anyone in Kansas? We do. Dave DePue, yes, uh, is our guy in Kansas. He's got a great relationship with the governor there, and uh, he's, he's, been, uh, he's doing a great work there in Kansas, yes. So you're not... No, I I am specifically serving the Georgia General Assembly. Okay. So, so I'm I'm there in Atlanta at our at our Georgia State House serving our anybody who's who's part of that Georgia capital community there in Atlanta. That's my mission field, whether it be the senators, the representatives, the governor, lieutenant governor, um, the staff, the the security, whoever's a part of that capital community. But I do uh, I do that ministry does extend to Georgia congressmen. And we've had, one, two, three, we've had, we've had four Georgia congressmen pass through the Ministry of Capital Commission. That's really exciting. I've been doing this for eight years. And so in eight years', eight years time, we've had four pass through directly. Either they've, they've been a part of the Bible study, uh, directly involved with the Ministry of Capital Commission. And that's, that's always been, you know, our, our, our goal is that for those individuals that, that are there in Congress, that's kind of like home field you know, that, you know that's, that's home base, if you will, for on, on, on a politician's track, and if you try to develop a relationship with someone while they're in D.C., it's just, they're, they're so busy, it's not going to happen, and so, you know, and that's one way you can help and get involved also with, with Capital Commission, is reach out to your local city government, you know, that's how a lot of Individuals end up at the state house. They, they, they serve as a mayor. They serve on, on city council. You can minister to them that way. You could, you could print out Bible studies and, and bring it to them. And I can tell you that they'll look at you like you're crazy when you say, uh, I don't want anything from you. I just want to give you my attention and, and provide God, studying God's word and make myself available to you. And they, uh, they don't believe you. They think it's too good to be true because everybody has an agenda. Everybody wants something. But you just keep coming. You keep coming. And uh, I had a representative stop me uh, just a couple weeks ago, and the uh, representative said to me, you really don't want anything from me, do you? <laughs> You're really here to just serve me. I mean, it's just, it's just a maze because everybody wants something. And, uh, and once, they, once they recognize that, once they see that, then you've got a, a tremendous ministry uh, that you can have there. But, but that's a, a great way to get involved is with city government. They'll end up at the state house. You can say, hey, when you go to the state house, there's a ministry there. Be, mean a lot for, to me personally as a voter by the way, as a constituent of yours, that you get involved in, in these uh, Bible studies. And, and uh, so our guy in Virginia, he had a donor uh, give, uh, give enough so that every member of Congress could have a MacArthur study Bible. Wow. And uh, so he's been delivering those, those study Bibles on their, their birthday. And it, it's been, God's blessed it to such an extent that now they said, we want you here full time. So he's got to get a replacement for, for Virginia and he's going to be our, our guy in DC. So, um, so we do have that that relationship between the state houses uh, and DC. And I still spend a good amount of time up in DC because I want to check on those that have passed through the ministry in the state house.
0: So, do you work within just while the legislature's in uh, session, or do you do year round? Kind
1: of? That's a good question. It is a full time ministry. Uh, right now, during the legislative session, which starts January to it'll end. Uh, March 30th. Got that date on my calendar. <laughs> uh, circle big. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a marathon. So right now it's a double, double full time. It's, uh, it's just nonstop. But uh, when the legislative session ends, then I continue to do a interim Bible study. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, that's, so, so at least once a week I'm up there again. Uh, I do that for the staff that are there year round and then also for our public service commissioners. They've asked me to do a Bible study for them. And then the other weeks of the month, that's when I'm traveling through all the different districts. So 180 House districts, 56 Senate districts. I stay really busy. <laughs> I stay really busy. But, but during the interim, when I, when I go and still meet with the Senator's representatives, it's a lot of times much more meaningful. It's, it's hard to be able to have uh, a, a lengthy conversation, an in-depth conversation during the legislative session, because it is just so busy, so demanding. So that's a time that I can actually sit down with them for several hours get to know their family. Uh, if they have a pastor, get to know their pastor. Uh, so it keeps, keeps me pretty busy <laughs> year-round. Any other questions that you all... So
0: are you actually physically having a Bible study with some of them, and then you give them, you can hand out the Bible study to the rest of them?
1: That's correct. Them. We, we give out, uh, yeah, 500, 500 every week, and those go to every legislative office, and then I have a, a morning Bible study that I do for legislators only, and then there's a noon Bible study that's open to legislators and anybody else who wants to, wants to come. And then there's, How did you
0: get called, you know, feel like you were called to do this in Atlanta in Georgia versus Kentucky? Are you from Georgia?
1: Or- I'm not from, no. Uh, we, moved, uh, we moved from uh, Florida to, to Georgia in, in 2005. And even back in Florida, just I just, I wanted to do something to impact government. Uh, I was doing some writing and, and research, and, and God started working on my heart then, but, um, but, but just there's never the opportunity. And so when we moved to Georgia, it was for pastoral ministry, and it still it just was a growing hunger. I wanted to do something to impact government, even thought about running for office. And uh, anybody that knows me said, no, God has called you to pastoral ministry. That is clear. So I thought, well, well, just in case, let me check this government board at Clearwater Christian College in Florida. And there on the government board was saying about capital commission, <laughs> And so that's how, that's how I learned about the ministry, and it's a perfect fit. Every state minister has to meet the qualifications of a pastor, of, a, of an elder, and, and so it's just I can't imagine doing anything else with my, with my life. My, my kids have grown up at the Capitol. They're just, they were you know, barely able to reach the desk, and they've just, they've just grown up there. Uh, so that my daughter got invited by a senator at his request to come and be there and page, page for him and, and work for him, so that was a, a great honor. Um, we got a picture with the governor, which is a special privilege, but I think that's probably like our 50th <laughs> picture with the governor. I mean, our kids are just, they just, they've just, you know, grown up there. So it's wonderful. My, my wife, um, Kristen, she's able to be, be up there with me uh, fairly regularly and enough that the, the ladies trust her. So she's able to minister to them and discuss the issues with them that I, I wouldn't be able to, to do that. So it really is a, really is a family ministry. So do you have to be a licensed minister to do? the Capital Cap- Commission? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you have to meet the qualifications of a of uh, the biblical qualifications of an elder? Right. Um, I don't know if everybody's ordained. Uh, I don't think so. I think that's really the the just a requirement is that you meet the the qualifications of an elder because it is a it's pastoral ministry is what what we're doing. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And we have a group that goes down there. Jeff Horn leads it. He uh, goes down on Thursday nights to uh, share the gospel on Peachtree Street. Okay. So if you ever have a need, you should contact him
1: for. Uh, maybe come down and talk to the. Uh, if you have a, if you need additional help, maybe someone us can come down and help you out. Okay. Well, die is that's the last day of the legislative session. That's uh, the last Thursday of the month, and uh, that's that's a day that's that's from uh, last last year. It was I got there at the Capitol at six thirty in the morning. I didn't leave until twelve forty at night. So it's a it's a long day, and it'd probably be the same for. Uh, this this last day of the session, so yeah, we could could use some help. Legislators could use individuals that are there just just praying for them, and encouraging them, because it, it, it's a marathon. It truly is. That's the last Thursday of the month. That's the last Thursday March of the month, 30th. March thirtieth. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for the for the questions, and thank you for the opportunity to share. And really appreciate Faith Community. It's. Uh, a lot of times, I mean, you're just surrounded by all kinds of people at the state house, but sometimes it can uh, feel kind of lonely <laughs> uh, because, again, everybody there has got a different, they got an agenda, and so it can get lonely. But knowing I can call up you know, Pastor Shane or, or the elders and just know that y'all are just, just supporting us through prayer and sponsoring the Bible studies, that, that just means I can't express to you how much that means. So thank you. Thank you all.